Welcome to the Othello Foursquare Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit othellofoursquare.org. I'm excited to share the word. The word of God. Kids, can you hand me the this, this right here is the only book that the author has to be present in order for you to understand. Think about that. So we invite the author here this morning to reveal some truths to us, to speak to us. Listen, the word of God is powerful. Wake up. This ain't time to, all right, let's get. This, what, we, what the Lord's going to speak today to us, I believe, can change the way we live, the way we walk. It'll change our lives. Jesus changes everything. All right, we believe that? I want to share a story with you from this old a friend who told me the story, okay? So just hang in here. Okay, so it was, uh, there was these people at church, okay, and it, they said it was a long and it was a boring sermon, they said. Okay, so people started leaving the church and it was just, it was long and boring and people had nothing to say to, at the end. Usually people would go up to the, this pastor and they would tell him something. They had nothing to say, but one guy, as everyone was walking out, you know, leaving the building, he said, hey, he commented, he said, that sermon today reminded me of the, of the peace and the love of God. And he was like, all right, good. If, even if it was for one, I preached this message. And so he was thrilled. He said, well, what do you mean? Tell me why. And he said, well, it reminded me that of the peace of God because it surpassed all understanding. And the love of God because it was everlasting. <laughs> it was long and boring, basically. <laughs> hey, that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> All right, did that one joke? Okay, okay. I heard that and I was like, man, that's funny. But all jokes aside, all right, Lord, forgive us. I want to pray before we start, okay? Holy Spirit, we just welcome you into this room. We ask that you would speak to us, that you would, um, you would shine light on these words, that they would be able to, that it would transform us and change us from the inside out. So thank you, God, for what you're going to do in these next few moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to read, I want to start off by reading Galatians 5.16. We're going to be kind of everywhere this week. Galatians 5.16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. I want to talk today about the importance of walking with the Spirit. Okay? First of all, just, just kind of give us a basis. I know a lot of you guys know who is Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's a person, okay? It's not just this, this power, which he comes in power, but it's a person. And it's a person who leads us, helps us, guides us. The Holy Spirit's a person. Okay, you ever wonder when you think about Holy Spirit, well, because you, 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 in a way you can kind of, okay, the Son, we picture Jesus, 
this embodiment of the Father. But then you say, okay, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. Well, what is, where's that body? Where's the embodiment of it? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Think about it. How crazy is that? God says, I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you my spirit. It's going to dwell in you. In you. And so if you believe with your mouth, confess that Jesus is Lord, what does he say? I'm giving you the spirit. And this, this is crazy. This is, this is wild. It's like, this is what he gives us. This is what Peter says. He says, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of, God, name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's given it to us. 1 Corinthians 6, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by who? By God. You do not belong to yourself. The Holy Spirit lives inside every believer. Fundamental, I know if you've heard this, but I want you to catch the truth of it and how powerful this is. John 14 says, if you love me, obey my commandments. Kenzie read this last week. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Hmm. But you know him. This is Jesus talking right here. He says, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Did you catch that? This is Jesus talking to them. He says, the Holy Spirit, the world doesn't know him. They don't recognize him because they don't want to see him. But he lives with you now. And later, he's going to be in you. That's why the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're one. So Jesus leaves and the the Holy Spirit comes. Come on now. We want to move in power. We want to walk with grace. We want to be like Jesus. Hey, understand. I know we talked about that. I want to be like Jesus. But understand, the, sometimes the language helps us be more intentional. And so we begin to say, I want to walk. Holy Spirit, walk with me. Because you're in me. But now lead me and guide me. And so that is so powerful. After our new birth. So you're born again. Right? We were all dead in our sin. Okay? After our new birth the Holy Spirit begins a work of sanctifying us, changing us, making us holy, making us like Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Mm. We're, we're kind of talking about walking in victory. You want to know what it looks like to walk in victory? Walking with the Spirit. Being aware, tuning your ear, that Holy Spirit lives in me, I'm going to walk with the Spirit. Think about, why would, why would a person Why would anyone ever walk away from the Father, or Heavenly Father? Okay, and and don't don't be quick to judge. Like, well, no, I'm I've been I've been walking with God, and because whether it's for five years, five months, 
five minutes, five seconds. There's, a, there's been a time where we've kind of not walked in with the Spirit and walked away from the Father. Okay, so we're all in this boat. But think about it. Why, why does a person, why would a person do that? The reason we do is because we follow what we think, what we want, and what we feel. We follow what we think, what we want, and what we feel. What I'm describing is the soul. I'm describing the soul. What we want, our mind, or what we think, our mind. What we want, our will. What we feel, our emotions. So, being spirit-led is going to combat what we want, what we feel, what we think. But it happens because we walk away because we're following what our soul wants, not what the spirit of God is telling us. And I'm going to, if, if, if there's one way we want to walk in victory, we want to constantly be operating in this manner, walking with the spirit, hand in hand, letting him lead us in every decision. Like, don't let people tell you that it's foolish to, to rely on the Holy Spirit for, in every area of your life. He wants to lead you in every area of your life. And that's what it means to, be, to walk in victory, to walk with the Spirit. So let me give you an example. We have a lot of kids, so this is going to ring true for you guys. But with kids, okay, why do kids run away from their parents? Okay? Probably because it's their dad's watching them. So, like this morning, I was like, we had the baby, and I was kind of strolling her around, and for a second, like, I'm like, where's the baby? And I was in one room, she's just like in the stroller in another. And so you can see why, well, mom was up here worshiping, practicing for worship. But you could see why moms don't trust dads. But seriously, why do, why do kids, why do they run away from, from their parents? Or like, have you ever been like at a theme park and it's like, where'd the kids go? It's not because they're rebellious. It's because they're actually, they really like what they're seeing and what they want. And so they just begin to go away. They begin to walk away and they're kids, right? So then as parents, we got to bring them back. But it, what's true for a child is also true for our walk in Christ. This is exactly what the Bible says about us. It says we follow our souls. But we must learn to follow the Spirit. We follow our souls. Mind, will, emotion. But we have to learn to follow the Spirit. Somebody right now say, because I want you to remember this when you're in the car, that you said something. Say, I'm gonna, I will follow the Spirit. I will follow the Spirit. Just keep, say it one more time. I will, follow the Spirit. I will follow the Spirit. Okay. We're talking about the Holy Spirit, who is a person. Not a funny feeling. Right? He's a person. Okay, so 
you guys all know this, but we're made of three parts, body, soul, spirit. That's what our body, trichotomy, that's what we're made of. And so the Bible actually describes this, right? It says his body went to the tomb, and then scripture says you will not leave his soul in Hades. Hades, it was the place which was the waiting of the dead. Okay, and then it says his soul during those three days went to Hades, and then, and then on the cross, what did Jesus say? Into your hands I commit my spirit. See the three? Body, soul, spirit. Genesis 2, 7 says, talking about when God created man, he says, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground. From the dust your body came, and to dust your body will return. He didn't form his, his soul and spirit out of dust. He formed his body. And then it says, and breathe into his nostrils the breath of life breath is the word for spirit he breathed his spirit into man so there he became a spirit and then it says the man became a living soul body soul and spirit all throughout the bible so let me tell you something about each of these so god created our spirits to relate to him he created our souls to relate to him in creation that's why you can go out and and be with nature as you swim, as you climb a mountain, you relate, your souls can relate to nature. And his bodies he related to create to nature too. God created our spirits to relate to him. Here's the problem. When Adam and Eve sinned, their spirits died. Right? God said, if you eat that, you will die. I talked about this the first week, don't stop believing the lies. Their bodies didn't die. They didn't fall dead right there. Eventually, they, life took its course and they died. But their bodies didn't die right there. He says, you will surely die. Their souls didn't die. I'm going to prove it to you. It says, Adam said, I heard you walking in the garden and I was afraid. That's an emotion. And so I made a choice in my will to hide because I thought that would be the best thing to do. See what I'm saying? Mind, will, and emotion. His soul didn't die. His body didn't die right there. What died? His spirit. Ephesians 2.1, what does it say? We were dead in our trespasses and sins, and he made us alive when we came to Christ. Dead. He made us alive. And I love what Jesus says in John 10.10. You guys probably know this verse, John 10.10. I have come that you may have life in my life more abundantly. Catch the first part, though. I have come that you may have life. What is he saying? You're not even alive without me coming. You're dead. You're dead. I make you alive and give you life more abundant. So that's, it's just like a cherry on top right there. That's what he's saying. But the problem is Adam and Eve, they learned to relate to God only from what they could reason in their own minds. What they wanted, what they willed, because their spirit was dead. This is why I believe sometimes we can have problems as believers we get into situations 
and we begin to make decisions based on what we think, what we want, and what we feel, right? And I'm gonna say something very strongly to you, and just don't, don't take it too harsh, but listen to what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't. It matters what he thinks, what he wants, what he feels, and what he says about you, what he says about your situation. And that's the spirit talking when you begin to listen to that voice versus what your soul wants. Yeah. The soul is selfish. The name, the definition of soul, selfish. And so we come into this world with a dead spirit. Right? So for years, we we learned to relate to God with only our minds, which is okay to use our mind for things. Right? But that's why the word of God says we have to renew our minds. What, what does it say? Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, you want to walk in victory? Start renewing your mind and how you think. The only one who can renew your mind is the, yeah, is the Lord. But we get it from, by reading the word. But I love what it, how, how it puts it in, um, in the NLT. I don't know. Oh, yeah, right here. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's the mind. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, so I don't have time to cover will and emotions. Like, we'll be here until the Zags play later this week. And then we can just turn it on right here. Just boom, just get some lunch, come back, um, Dustin, deliver some pizza. <laughs> but, okay, so we're going to cover the mind. I want to talk about the mind for just a second, okay? The mind is powerful, okay? Did you, did you know the mind, the best computer you could ever have? Like, they will never create another computer that's as powerful as your mind, <laughs> just nudge your, your partner like, I don't know, they can beat yours. <laughs> but never. Every, every interaction, every time you come into a situation, your mind categorizes everything you've ever seen or heard. It does. It, it puts it into the computer. Now, some of you also are thinking, well, where is it? (laughs) But it's because it's in your subconscious, okay? So a lot of times, the problem is we got to bring it to our conscience. Like when people say, it's on the tip of my tongue, it's not on the tip of your tongue, it's in your subconscious. And so that's why you'll get moments like where, and maybe you're like me, you're like looking to someone to hire to come, like, do some work at your house or do a project and um, you're like, whoa, what, what was that? What was that, the person, what was his name? Is um, the painter, he started with, a, with an A, 
um, Aaron, no, uh, Albert, uh, uh, and it's just like you just, you just drive yourself crazy. You're like, oh, it's, it's right there. And then you ask your wife and the same thing. And she's like, I don't know. Like, remember he said that you had a couple kids and what is that? <laughs> you know, when you start trying to, to get this and, you're, and you think it's on the tip of your tongue. No, it's in your subconscious. You're trying to bring it to your conscience. And normally it comes right to you when you're just like laying in bed. Oh, and then you remember it, right? Yeah, Alex. No, Arturo, Arturo Damien. Colors painting. He painted this all, shout out to him. But no, let me be serious. The, the reason why I say this, or, or for instance, I'll give you one more example because this is gonna hit home right here. But, or have you guys ever, maybe some people will talk about when they meet someone, they get introduced to them, and then like immediately after walking away, they're in a different space, they go to their car, and they're like, Mm, I don't like that person, right? You've heard people do that, or maybe you're the one introduced them to a, another mutual, trying to make them mutual friends or something, and they're like, I don't like that guy, or I don't like that girl. But your brain, because your brain says, well, I've actually met, and they're, because they'll say, you've never met them, but your brain says, no, I've actually met about 300 people that were similar to that person. And your brain says, I've met like 40 people who are very similar. And I met three people who are almost identical. And one of them humiliated me in middle school. And so your brain starts to think like this. But that's the problem. So the mind categorizes everything. But why am I telling you this? Because when you come up against a problem or you're stressed out about a situation in life, your mind says, have I experienced this before? And your mind tells you how to respond. In the Bible, you know what this is called? A stronghold. That's what it's called. That's how a stronghold works. So specifically, if, if, and I want to I declare this over your life this morning, but if you have a stronghold of anything, of lust, of power, of pride, anything a stronghold of all of that it we're gonna the lord's gonna wants to break it off right now this morning and so but think about it, this is exactly how addiction works exactly scientists will agree except they don't they don't understand the spiritual concept that's associated with it so this is what happens right you come in you see a situation you're you experience you're experiencing a sim situation that's similar to what you've had before and your mind says, well, I need a drink. Your mind says, this, this is how, every time I come into the situation, this is how I handle what I'm dealing with. And so, are you following me? All right, so remember, the title of this message was Walk with the Spirit. As you continue to walk with the Spirit, you're choosing to hold the hand of truth. He is the spirit of truth. So you won't be confused on what's right and what's wrong. What should I do in this situation? Holy Spirit, lead me. Show me. Because you're being transformed more and more into the image of Christ. So you know Jesus, if he was in that situation, he would always make the right decision. 
and we're being transformed into his image. Once again, Romans 12, 2. Don't be transformed by the patterns of this world. Don't be conformed to the patterns and the customs of this world. Okay, this renew, but it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to hit this one more time, the renewing of your mind. What happens is when you allow God to begin to renew your mind, transform your thinking, you encounter a situation in the past that you've, you've struggled with and it no longer has a stronghold on you because there's a new way of thinking. Do you get it? You know that computer that we were talking about? Best computer in the world? Guess, guess who can go in there and rewire things to make it work the right way? That's Jesus. Changes everything. Even the best computer that people can't figure out and they're still trying to figure out to make better. That's who he is. He can renew your mind. Believe that for someone in your life who is crazy, who says, you know what, that stuff ain't for me. And then you know what, I'm, uh, no, I don't want anything to do with religion or Christianity. Guess what? They've, been, they've, they've come to a situation where it's, they're scarred from what they think when they encounter that situation. But God wants to renew their mind. Believe that. Believe it. A renewed mind says when you get into a situation, man, I'm going to isolate myself. I'm going to just kind of hide myself in a closet. A renewed mind says, I need to call someone for prayer. I need to reach out to my buddy to lift me up, to keep me accountable. Renew our mind. Transform your life. Walk with the Spirit. Hmm. Listen, church, the verse says, Romans 12, 2, it's a great verse. Take that one home. Just meditate on it, but you will learn to know his will. You will learn to know his will, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You got to learn. We have to learn. If we begin to learn, if we, op- if, we, if we humbly come before the Lord and say, Lord, teach me areas where I need to kind of clear up in my mind that, that need to be renewed, you'll be transformed. The only way to start doing something different is to start doing something different. Right? You want to, you hang out with Holy Spirit, you, re, you hang out with holy, you become holy. Don't focus on what it is, all the things that you think you got to change. Just walk with the Holy Spirit. Understand that he lives and dwells in you. Start believing the truth. Start believing the truth. Equally walking in victory, not the, the soul must submit to the spirit. It must submit to the spirit. First Thessalonians 5, 2, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 1, 2, 2. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. Who is truth? Holy Spirit's truth. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. 1 Corinthians 2, 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. 
Mm. For they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Hmm. I want to remind you, when you were born, you were born with a dead spirit. Okay, so when, that's why we celebrate when someone says, I've committed my life to Christ. Because they were dead, and now they're alive. Remember, not their, their bodies, they were physically there, but they're not alive. You were dead in your sin. So when we were born, we were dead. So you've come to Christ, your spirit is made alive. You ever think about this? Because I, th- I was telling Kenzie this. I said, I, got, I, conf- I gave my life to Christ when I was 10 years old. Okay, my fourth grade summer. That's why I really believe that God can do something special over there in the kids. And he can start a work early in their life. It's, that is just as important as what we do over here. It's one. But when I was 10, I got saved. So I think about, well, for 10 years... My spirit was dead. Literally. But the moment my spirit came alive, okay, and even as a kid, even as a kid, because I, I remember I was, you know, as a kid, you're rotten. You just do things. And I remember even in second grade, I'm confessing my sin right here. I stole this little chain in the lost and found, and I felt guilty about it. <laughs> okay? And, but, so when I got saved, and I, I really made that decision for myself at 10 years old. My spirit came alive. But what do you think my soul did? It just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just, yeah, go ahead. Go, don't, go start doing what's right. What, what you know is good and pleasing to the Lord. No. My soul said, there's going to be a fight. I'm not going down without a fight. And so the reason why I say this is because your soul's been fighting ever since. And you've all heard, you got, you got to, which, which dog are you going to feed? Right? You got you to feed your spirit. You got to build your spirit up. You got to, and the good way to do that is to walk with the spirit. James 1, 21 says, because this is what happens when you get in the word. This, this is what, change, what happens to your mind and how you, how you begin to walk. It says, receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save. And that word save means to make your, your souls whole, which is able to save. There's all these scriptures in the Bible says talking about convert, converting your soul. Okay, it's not talking about eternal salvation. It's talking about changing your soul, letting your soul grow up. So important for us to understand this. Because your spirit, and let me just talk personally, my spirit will say, my spirit will say, you need to lay down your life for those around you, for your wife, to love her. My soul will say, you need to give her a piece of your mind. Tell her, who, t- t- tell her who's boss. So we know he's lying, right? Because she's trying to tell me I'm boss. Spirit says, she's the boss. <laughs> Come on, I, I, now all the guys come alive. Now you guys wake up. You better, huh? But let me, just, let me just ask you with the question, one little application of this. With what you watch and what you read, are you feeding your soul or your spirit? 
Hmm. It's amazing how much we read on the internet, how much we scroll, and how little we read the Word of God. And then we wonder why when life throws a punch, we're feeling the impact of it. We got to be in the Word. We got to be in the Word. We got to feed our spirit. Okay, King David talks, he, he talks to his soul. Because remember, the word soul means self. So he talked to himself. He wasn't, he wasn't crazy. Well, maybe a little bit. King David, if you read the story about him. But <laughs> he talked to himself. He says he told his soul not to be discouraged. He told his soul to bless God. He told his soul to be quiet. Let me read you one of his psalms. Psalm 131.2. It says, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Okay, so he's saying, told my soul to calm down and be quiet. But my soul is like a weaned child. How do you wean a child? Think about that. You take him off of milk and put him on solid food. Okay? Let me read you another verse because the Bible is so perfect. 1 Corinthians 3.1, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes, as babies in Christ. I've had to feed you with milk and not solid food. Hebrews 5.12, for though by now, by this time, you ought to be teachers, but you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. He's talking about those who are needing milk instead of solid food. They're not mature. You've got to grow up. You've got to take your soul off of milk and start feeding on solid food. Why does a child cry when you take away their milk? Okay? If you want to know what that experience is like, Come over to my house. Actually, tonight, we'll have another little thing at our house. My son, when he wants his milk, we'll take it away so you can see what that's like. <laughs> Why does a child cry when you take away their milk? Because they think you're going to kill them. They, that's what they're thinking. It's like, my only food source, you're taking it away. My only food source, you're taking it away. But... Although you're, you're not trying to, when you do that with your child, you're not trying to kill them. But what he's saying here, what you're really trying to do, you're trying to kill your soul. You're trying to kill your soul like a weaned child. What does he say? Like a weaned child in Psalm. Someone repeat it. Is my soul within me? You got to kill it. Hmm. That's so good. But here, here, here's, another, here's another truth. The soul has to go. It must die. Crucify it. It must die. Your selfish thoughts, your selfish desires, what you want, think, or feel has to die. If you're going to have victory, you got to kill the soul. You must die to self. Hebrews 4.12. This is really good. If you have your Bible or you have anything, this would be good to circle some words because you can come back to it 
and allow the word of God to speak to you again. But it says, can you remember, Ephesians 6, it talks about the word of God being the sword of the spirit. So imagine the Holy Spirit, right? We're saying we're walking with the spirit. Imagine the Holy Spirit, but now he got this, this sword. But what is it? What's the offense? How he, how he uses this sword. It's the Bible, the word of God. It pierces things. It changes things. It cuts down. Kills. Mm, you want to kill your soul? Get in the word. Hebrews 4.12. Okay? For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than to any two-edged sword. Okay? You probably heard of this verse. Watch this. It says, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. In other words, the word of God will divide between what you think is right what you want to do, what you feel you should do, and the word of God will tell you what God thinks, what God says to do, what he feels about you, what he says about you. The word of God is the only thing to do it. But remember, the author has to be present, so invite him when you read it. Okay, I just want you to remember the word, okay, that the sword, okay, and, it, and then it continues going on. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner. Okay, and I would like you to see the soul, the mind, will, and emotions. Okay, watch right here. Of the thoughts, that's the mind. The intents, that's the will. And of the heart, that's the emotion. Okay, now verse 13 because we know this, that, that the word of God is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. We've heard this. Or maybe you haven't, but then it continues going on in verse 13. And most people have never read this or they think it, or they just kind of skim over it. But verse 13, it's key. It says, and, so the thought is continuing from what we just read about the word of God being two-edged sword, piercing through soul and spirit. There is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account. Or another version, if you read in the NIV and a couple other versions, says laid bare. Open and laid bare. Okay, so those two words, open, laid bare, they probably don't, mean anything to you how it fits into verse 12 but I want to show us something right here this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna be powerful this word laid bare that's used in verse 13 other translations right we know says exposed is another word but in English again we, we have this limited vocabulary of how the Bible was translated the word open is is the Greek word Trachiliso. Okay? This word, as it, as it was written in its, in its former language, this is what the word means. So we kind of hear the first part of it. Right? Trach or trachy, what would it be? What's the first part of it? Trach. The windpipe. The throat. Okay? So imagine that. That's the first part of the word. But trachiliso, this is, it's a little different. 
So a lot of Greek words are, are like military terms or athletic terms when they're translated. But let me tell you, this word right here, I'm just going to read it. It means to bend back the neck of a victim to be slain, to expose the gullet of a victim for killing. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. To bend back the neck of a victim to be slain, to expose the goal of a victim for killing. Remember he was talking about the word of God is what? It's a sword. What is he, what the, what's the picture he's giving us here about that divides the soul and spirit? What does he want to do to our, our soul, to what we want, what we think, what we feel? He wants to take it back and he wants to just destroy what your soul wants. He wants to do that in your life, in every area of your life. Oh, this <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Okay, he doesn't want to kill you, though. He doesn't want to kill you. He wants to kill what's killing you. He wants to kill what's killing you. Don't take another minute, another day without coming before the Father and say, and lay, lay bare, Lord, here I am. I, 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 I'm going to die. I die daily, Paul says. Not that he died and he, he had to resurrect himself or anything. No, he's saying I'm dying to myself daily. Hmm. Came to church to hear some good news. God's kind of trying to kill your old self. And you ain't the only one if you're feeling that fire burning on you or something sweating. Because let me tell you, this is what you, we want to walk in victory. This is what it takes. Okay. I've, and I heard, I've, I've, heard, I've heard this. Have you ever heard a preacher say or a pastor say one time, like, Christ went to the cross so you wouldn't have to? That's not bad. It's, it's, but he's, he's talking about eternal salvation. But here's the scripture we need to reconcile with that. Here's Jesus talking in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Guess what? You have a cross too. Jesus goes even further in Luke. Luke 9, 23. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. If you want to walk in victory, you got to crucify the flesh every day. You're going to have to come to the cross every day. Galatians 5.16, I'll read it again. We read it, we read it at the beginning. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let's walk with the Spirit. Walking with the Spirit means to obey the Spirit, to live a life according to the leading of the Holy Spirit. One last verse, and then I want to stand and pray. Galatians 5, 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Come on, let's stand. Let's stand. Woo!
The Lord is good. Hope, uh, God, wants, God wants the best for you. It's not enough just to be in, in the game or confess a prayer. and That is amazing. But there's more. There's more. I want to tell you there's more. God is calling us into something deeper. If you want to go after it, all you have to do is say, Lord, here I am. I lay myself bare. Cut me. Cut the things that don't need to be there. Do it today. Do it today. Supernaturally, Father, I'm going to hold on to your hand. And even though I don't know how to walk yet, I'm going to hold on to your hand, even if you have to drag me. And we're going to, he's going to walk you through every area of your life, every area, from the smallest thing to the biggest decision. Walk with the Spirit and see how he transforms you. Come on, if you want this, and I want it, so I'm going to lift my hands like this. Just begin to ask the Lord, Lord, I just want to walk with you. I want to walk with the Spirit. Lead me. Guide me. Father, lead this congregation, these people, these families, these men in here who lead their families, who lead these companies, these women in here who lead their families, who lead at work. Lord, you're raising up a generation of, of leaders, Lord, who decide every day to crucify what they want, but to live for what you want and what you say. So I, I bless this church this, this morning, and I pray that you would have your way in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to partner with OFC, you can give on our website, OthelloFoursquare.org. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time.